Welcome to the Learn Stage Lighting Podcast. This is the show where newcomers and professionals alike come to learn more about stage lighting. And now your host, David Henry. Hey everybody and welcome to this week's show. I am always excited. We're kind of here ending our summer siesta, our little nap here. And I'm always excited when I get to come in, uh, you know, hop into the studio, um, actually my desk, and answer your questions. And today's no exception. I've got actually a couple uh, exciting things going on for you today that I want to go over. So today we're going to cover your questions, but I've also got some additional questions about, uh, or some additional segments rather, about some stuff I've been thinking about that I think will be really useful to you. All right. So first things first, um, I got to see, this is actually, um, we're going to go over more about this in a minute, but I got to see the new Dialus Pixel Engine from Onyx, from um, the Obsidian Control System slash Elation slash Onyx platform. And it's really cool. So backing up a little bit, for those of you who might not be familiar, Onyx is a professional level lighting console that you can run on a console surface or on a PC um, on your computer. And they're coming out later this year with their Pixel Mapper, a way to be able to play basically video clips over top of your lights. And other consoles and other uh, media servers and manufacturers have had this functionality. Onyx has not. They've been working on it for a while because ultimately one of the things I really like about Onyx is that they don't rush... Um, bringing something to market. And, you know, they've had a rough few years in the past, right? You know, they're on a good schedule now. They're in a good place. But they, with the changeover from Martin to Elation, they lost some time, you know? They totally did. Um, and so they've got this thing. It works. It looks cool. Um, and so, you know, for that reason, um, I got to see it. It's, it's finally, it's not out. It's not in beta. But... Um, I'm excited that it's there, and I went to an, a demo in Nashville. It was an Elation demo where they had some of their new lights, and uh, wow, let me talk about those. We're going to talk about more about those in a minute, uh, more about how to go to demos and how to you know understand what you're seeing, because it's not always that simple. But I saw there on a console, Dylos, and uh, Sean Butcher, who uh, works for Elation, is the product support specialist for Onyx. He showed me around, and I'm excited to say... It's everything we hoped for, right? So when Onyx, when the Onyx team, formerly the M-Series team, releases something, they don't halfway do it, okay? When it comes into the console, it's not like a halfway done in addition or a plug-in or something that's additional to the software. No, when they come out with something, including this, which will come out, um, they're thinking, late this year, it is fully built in, fully part of the way that the console programs, fully part of the way that the console works. And Dialos, this pixel mapper, is no exception to that rule. So the cool thing about it is that gives you a really short learning curve on it. I was able to quickly and easily, with very little direction, build some really interesting effects because it works just like anything else in the console, right? So you start out in your, your 2D plan, um, and I'll go, I'll go over this more in video once we have a beta version and things like that. But you start out with your 2D plan. That's where it starts. That's existed in Onyx. It's been there for quite a while. And you draw a frame in that 2D plan. I forget exactly what they call that frame. 
And then inside that frame is basically uh, a place where you can play back a video or an animation over your lights. Now, some of these videos are, can be actual videos. Some of them can be animations or generated content by the console. There's, there's pros and cons to both. They're both uh, good and helpful in their own special ways. But so you have this, you can have multiple of these frames and you can play video over them. But then you can also, and this is where it gets powerful with your videos and animations, is you can adjust them on the fly. You can speed them up. You can slow them down. You can spin them. You can warp them. You could do all kinds of different things to the playback of this video content um, right upon your lights. And so why this is cool is it's not just for having a bunch of LED pixels or a bunch of lights and playing back a video file over them. But it's also, and while that's cool, it's also a quick way to build effects that were difficult to build in a console before, and specifically in Onyx. Things, especially with color and intensity, that took a long time to program, you can now make very quickly with a dialos, um, with a, a piece of video and playing it upon your lights. And so I think this is cool. I'm excited to see the final product because what I saw was just very much an early preview. I'm excited to see what functionality they bake into it. And I'm excited to share with you guys as it comes out over the next months how you can use a tool like this that's going to be available free within their software and how you can use that tool to make great lighting because ultimately that's what we're about at Learn Stage Lighting here, right? And so on that topic, this is a perfect segue actually, um, except that I'm talking about it so now I've ruined the mystique of the segue, but it's a perfect segue into talking about Patreon. So I'd mentioned a while ago, a few times, and I, I really asked you guys here on the podcast, most of all, about Patreon. Hey, would you guys like to do a Patreon? Because at the end of the day, uh, producing this podcast, especially producing the interviews and producing longer segments and doing this podcast over a long time, it takes a lot of resources. Same with the free YouTube videos. And I realized after talking to you guys, talking to other people, that while using Learn Stage Lighting Labs as a way to fund this somewhat works, there's a lot of you guys out here who say, okay, Learn Stage Lighting Labs is not for me, but I still would like to help support David, right? Because if you can support what I'm doing here, if you can support what we're doing on this show, what we're doing on YouTube, what we're doing with the free articles, that's going to enable me to focus on putting more free stuff out. Um, the labs helps me with that, but at the end of the day, it's not enough to do everything I want to do because what I want to do with Learn Stage Lighting is I want to create and continue to create the very best in lighting education, not just for the beginner, not just for intermediate people. That's mostly my audience now, but I even, I love to teach professionals, you know, more often. I would love to you know, be able to have a full range of training from people who are very beginning to people who are experts and, you know, be able to offer Learn Stage Lighting Labs. Um, and that's a great thing. And it's step-by-step -step instructions and my personalized feedback to help people make great lighting. And, and that works for some people. But for other people, they say, you know, that's too expensive for me and or it's not um, I'd love to support you, David, but it's just not your cup of tea. You know, you're not a beginner, but you would love to support or it's just not right for you. And I get that. 
And so I'm starting up a Patreon and you'll see it. It's live at patreon.com slash learn stage lighting or at learnstagelighting.com slash Patreon. We'll put it in both places for you. Um, so that you can support this show so that you can help me to continue to bring this podcast over the long term, like decades into the future, to continue to make better and better YouTube videos and more of them to teach you guys lighting and to make it so that, you know, not everybody has to feel like, you know, they're, they're headed towards Learn Stage Lighting Labs because I think it's a great program. I've had more people join recently than ever before. Uh, it's doing great, but I realize that there's some of you guys who want to hear from me, you know, and there's a lot of you probably actually who want to hear me cover certain topics, but you know, Lord Stage Lighting Labs doesn't make sense for you. And so this Patreon's a way to do that. So I'm going to ask you right now to go to Patreon, okay? Watch my little v video, read my little spiel, and continue supporting the show. This is going to help support the podcast. And it's also going to support the YouTube videos. You'll see some goals on there, some different tiers. You can get some cool rewards. But ultimately, the focus is just on patronage, which is what Patreon is all about, right? It's all about, if you're not familiar with Patreon, you know, working with creators like myself, people who are creating things to put out in the world um, so that you have access to resources that weren't there before. And, um, and then you can patronize that, you know, just like back in the day, you know, kings and the Catholic Church would patronize the arts and other people too, you know. It's the same thing. And so you can help Learn Stage Lighting to grow and to put out more great, awesome, free stuff and to help me so that I can make sure Learn Stage Lighting is around for decades to come, staying up with the latest of stuff and being able to share with you how to create great lighting. So will you join me? I'd really love it. You can check it out at Patreon. That's P-A-T. R-E-O-N, patreon.com slash learn stage lighting. Of course, there's a link in the show notes and uh, you'll be able to find it there as well. So taking a, another step from that, I talked a minute ago about how I had been to an elation demo the other day and I saw the new dialers and it's awesome. And I also saw all of the latest elation lights. Um, I saw the uh, Artiste Monet, which is this crazy, super bright, um, I believe it's an LED source, yeah, an LED source moving head spot. I saw some new uh, moving head wash units, and uh, I think there was a beam or something there. But I was most interested in the console. Truth be told, I didn't even know this demo was happening. Um, and I was thankful that I was able to go. I was able to free up my schedule because they said, hey, Dialos is here. And I was like, ah, I got to get downtown. Um, but I want to talk for a minute about how to watch not only live demos, but manufacture demo videos and how to look at them and evaluate whether the lights are right for you. Because I, I can remember back to the first time I saw a demo. You might be, just be like, well, David, you know, somebody told me this the other day. Well, David, you know, you're in Nashville, okay? That's where, you know, all of the lighting companies come and they have demos from time to time, and you can attend them. You're so lucky. You go to trade shows. You can see all these demo shows. You're so lucky. And while that's true to an extent, I also started my career in Mechanicsburg, Pennsylvania, 17055, just south of Harrisburg. And if you've been on I-81, you may recognize Mechanicsburg from a road sign, from an exit, right? Um, to Route 114, where there's a bunch of stores and places to eat. But Mechanicsburg in itself is not a big town. However, 
while I was there and in this first few years of my career and uh, before that time working as a volunteer in both audio and lighting, I had the opportunity to sit in on demos, okay? Because at the end of the day, you don't have to go to a trade show to see a product demo. And you don't have to have one of these big events come to your town to go to a demo. Because there's people that work for these manufacturers who travel around giving demos in cooperation with the local dealers. And so all you've got to do to find a demo is talk to the dealers, the local dealers. Find the biggest local dealer that there is for whatever product range you're looking at. Whether that's, you know, ADJ, Chave, Elation, Martin, Verilite, you know, audio companies, whoever. Find those dealers and talk to them. Maybe buy something from them if you're looking to buy something. And ask them, say, hey, I just want to be kept in the loop. Like, please just let me know when you're going to have a demo and so I can come and see it. Because these companies, more often than not, they'll have demos at their shop. Sometimes they're just having a demo there for their own people, but they'll invite you, okay? Sometimes they'll have a demo for a particular client. They'll have a manufacturer's rep come through to demo a product because a particular client would like to see it. But guess what? More often than not, as long as you know, you're not a pest, they'll, they'll be f- totally fine and totally cool with you checking it out, okay? And so that is, is totally cool most of the time. And so all you got to do is just get in the loop with these people and ask to be involved, ask to see these demos. Because at the end of the day, a local dealer really wants to teach as many people about the products they sell as possible, because then you'll probably buy something in the future. And so how do you, and that benefits them, of course. So how do you attend these things basically and not get carried away is is what I'm kind of titling this segment. Because I remember the first time I saw demos or these demo videos from trade shows that, or from their showrooms that manufacturers put out. And you watch a demo video of a brand new light and you just go, whoa, that is so awesome. I need to buy 10, even if you don't have money to buy, you know, any. Um, you think, oh gosh, I need to buy 10 or that console's so sweet or whatever. Um, and how do you evaluate this stuff well, right? How do you not get carried away? So there's a couple things I just really want you to remember if you're attending a demo or watching one of these demo videos. The very first and most important thing is that remember, especially in the demo videos, the manufacturer gets to control the atmosphere, Okay, fully. So that means, you know, they're pumping haze into the room. If it's a live demo, they might be able to do that. They might not be, depending on where it is. You know, sometimes these happen at churches or, um, you know, a warehouse or a theater, and you might not be able to to use haze there. Um, But a lot of times they're going to use haze, and that always makes lights look better, right? But think about your context. Do you get to use haze all the time? If not, you need to be looking at what that light can do for you when there's no haze, right? Um, Another thing to think about with the environment is the brightness of the room. So more often than not, you know, 99% of the time, when a manufacturer does a demo, they're going to do it in pitch black. I mean, as black as you can get the room. And they're going to turn their light on and they're going to say, wow, this thing is so bright. Look at how bright it is. And you just got to take a minute to think about it in your own context, okay? Okay. Are the spaces that you do lighting that bright? 
or or rather that dark, or are they brighter, right? So you want to make sure that, you know, and you can do this if you're at a demo, ask, hey, you know, can we get a little more light in the room? Because I've got more light in the room and I want to see how this performs. Oftentimes to a demo, if you've got a light you want to bring along to compare it to, they're totally welcome with you bringing that. So you can compare, you know, and so you can see if how it compares to the light you already have. And so I want you to keep that in mind because I was at this Elation demo and, you know, the Artiste Monet, it's a great light that they've just put out. Okay. It's awesome. It's super bright. It really is. But when they shoot that thing in a pitch black demo room that it was also a small room. So you got to keep that in mind. And they shoot that thing across the room at a projection screen. It looks real good and it's a good light, right? But at the same time, um, you know, it's not going to look quite as awesomely bright in an arena. It's still going to look good, and it is a good light. I don't want to downplay that. I'm just, you know, using the demo I went to the other week kind of as bait. So I might be a little hard on them here. But, you know, in a room that's 15 feet across that they're shooting to a projection screen, keep in mind that it's going to look extra bright, and a projection screen is better than a blank wall or a set piece or something else like that because it's designed specifically to catch light, okay? And so you always want to keep these things in mind. And then also when you're demoing things, um, a lot of times, you know, the manufacturer and their reps, they're going to build up some demo moves and some really cool looking stuff to show you. But don't be afraid to ask and to get behind the console or to try doing things that you would normally do in whatever context you light it, okay? Because while they're going to show you cool tricks and things the light can do, if you're going to buy one of these things, you've got to make sure it can do the things that you want to do well. Or else you might end up buying something and then you get into it and you realize, oh, oh, this doesn't quite do, you know, when I pop the prism in, I can't get it to quite do what I need for this corporate event or for this music show or for whatever you're doing for a church service. And so, um, you know, those are just some things to think about. The last to think about, of course, is quality control. This is a big one, right? You want to stick with the brand, and this can always be a gamble and a light where you're going to have that support over the long term. This is what I always say when I'm when you're buying things, especially if you're spending, you know, good money on this stuff. And how is that light going to perform five years down the road? How does it compare to other lights of that manufacturer? You know, sometimes it's a guessing game to be honest, but you just kind of want to look at the price, look at the quality, you know, make sure that this brand is intending for this thing to last, that they have a good warranty on it. Um, Alation does a great job at that, but you know, everybody has a bad egg. Sometimes I remember a Verilite a number of years ago that I like to pick on the uh, 880. Unfortunately, it didn't last long and it wasn't an amazing light. It was cool. It was compact. It was bright. It had a good feature set, but You know, you take it down the road a number of years and all of a sudden it's not performing as well as other lights. And so those are just some things to think about um, here as we end our main segment here. And I want to take your questions up. Let me know also, too, in the, uh, just via the contact form at learnstagelighting.com slash contact. What do you think about this um, info on demos? Is there something else you'd like to know about attending product demos that um, I can enlighten you with, etc.? Because I would love to just have you be the best informed that you can be. All right. 
And uh, that's also a great pitch to Patreon as well, too. Um, you know, as this thing grows, I want to make sure the patrons, the people that help fund this podcast as well as um, as well as the YouTube videos, get the most say into what we're going to put out next. Obviously, there's going to be some things that I see out there that I'm like, I just need to make this, you know, for the people, kind of the Steve Jobs um his manifesto, which was, we want to make the computer that people need, not the one they think they need, right? There's certain topics I see, it's like, okay, I got to cover this. But then there's topics that I want to hear from you what you want to hear. And from Patreon, that's going to be our chief way of doing that going forward. So be sure to check that out. Patreon.com slash learn stage lighting just launched by the time you're hearing this. And so hopefully there's one patron in there, maybe two. Um, but I would love to have you as a patron. You can start out real inexpensively. Um, let me look. I think at $3 you can start out. And, you know, just for $3 a month, be able to get some exclusive stuff from us here on Learn Stage Lighting from me and be able to, um, you know, know that you're helping make this better, know that you're helping make this last a long time. And also, actually, my first goal on Patreon is I want to make my YouTube videos ad-free. And you can help do that. Um, there's I don't make a ton of money from the YouTube video ads, and I think they're more disrupting than anything else. But at the same time, you know, I got to cover um, that lost income from Patreon before I turn those things off. And I'd love to do that. I'd love to make those things commercial free. I think that would be awesome. And so, anywho, let's answer your questions. All right, so first question this, re- this week, rather, blah, Terry writes in, and uh, he's actually following up with a question that I answered before. And he's on the last episode, and he's actually following up before he got the answer. But he gave me some more information in his second email that I didn't have when I answered the first question. And it takes us in a different direction. So let's dive in with Terry here. Um, So he had asked me about running LED strips wirelessly with DMXs and Ableton. Um, They want to eliminate any wires going to each light, but don't know if it's even possible. Okay, so... The best thing that you can do is, you know, go out for an LED strip or LED tape is go out and buy a product that's designed for this, okay? A cheapy one that that kind of feels cheap is Chave has a, um, they have a Freedom Stick, I believe. We'll be sure to um, link to those in the show notes. And they're really inexpensive. They feel cheap, but they look okay. And... These are a rechargeable wireless DMX unit that you can get, you can run wirelessly, okay? Another model, which is a very popular, is the Astera, A-S-T-E-R-A, A-X-1, A-S-T-E-R-A. And these guys are what gets used in the professional world. They're going to be more expensive, considerably more expensive um, than the Chave Freedoms, but you get a professional quality product, it's brighter, and it's going to last a lot longer, okay? Now, either of these have batteries and run wirelessly to be able to control your pixels, and they run, you know, just standard DMX protocol, and so this works for being able to control these from DMXs. Now, when it comes to DMXs, of course, the only issue we're going to have here is we can't run these things in a high-channel mode, right? Um, they're a pixel type product. And if we have a lot of channels in DMXs, you know, just even with a few sticks of, you know, 16 or 20 pixels, we're going to be out of channels in no time, but with the rest of our lights. So 
I kind of, you know, you're talking about LED tape strip or wireless. So, you know, you can run them in a lower channel mode for sure. So you don't get all the pixels and you'd be good with a product like these Chave Freedoms or these Astera AX1s. But you're asking, so you want to kind of do, I think, your own DIY version. So here's what you'd have to do. For somebody with DMXs, I'd probably recommend doing just standard, you know, dumb, as they call it, LED tape. And to make this work, you're going to need some kind of um, 12-volt LED tape or battery-powered LED tape driver. Actually, I think there's one called the Smart Show Pixel, um, which is made in the UK, but you can get them over to the US. I'll link to the show notes. Um, I'll link to the Smart Show website. And I believe they have a unit that is able to do pixels um, wirelessly, okay? And so that's going to be your first deal there is, you know, they've got one called the AirPixel Mini or Mini Plus. Um, they've got a few of these that are able to control pixels and work wirelessly. And then you're able to hook these guys up with some kind of low voltage. Um, not sure exactly what voltage it takes. Um, let's just check here and then I'll get back to you. All right, so these guys hook up with just USB power, which is five volt, and then it's able to um, power five volt pixels, okay? So you could totally do this with something like this AirPixel Mini, hook it up with some with a large battery. Being that it's five volt, you could probably use a USB power supply, um, like one of those USB battery packs maybe, and be able to create these bars and make them totally wireless. With an LED tape, a non-pixel, um, I'm not aware of anything out of the box that can do exactly what you're looking for. So what you would need to do is basically find yourself and, you know, build your own box, per se, that has a wireless DMX receiver, has a battery that can power that receiver, as well as an LED tape driver, and then the tape itself. And then you'd be able to build this all, maybe build it into a box that then the LED bar sits on top of and can plug into. And then you could do it totally wireless. Um, it's going to be a lot of work and probably frustration to get it right. And so it's probably easiest to buy a pre-built product for sure, like the Chave Freedom Stick or the Asteras. And I was just looking at the Freedom Sticks the other day. I mean, they feel cheap and they are inexpensive, right? They're not a fancy unit, but at the same time, if you keep the receivers, you keep those strips close to your wireless DMX transmitter, you set it up wisely. Um, with the Chauvet stuff, I like to run it on the last channel possible, and that generally gives me the most success. Then, you know, you'll be able to, I mean, gosh, these Chauvet Freedoms are 150 bucks each. You can probably buy this stuff for, you know, not much more than it would cost you to build it, and then it doesn't take any time. So, that's how you'd accomplish that. Um, thank you, Terry, for this awesome way to, um, you know, challenge me. I always love challenges where people say, hey, I'm trying to do this. And I go, well, I don't know how you do that. Um, this is, that's one way to do that. Awesome. So Rachel writes in and says, a few years ago, I purchased Sunlight Suite 2 and I've enjoyed using it. I wanted to know if I have any information to renew me about this product. Do I use this product? And... Do I have any ideas for special shows? So I don't cover sunlight um, or any 
any um, of the products from this company. Their name is uh, Nicolati, I believe is how you pronounce it. They're a German company. And truth be told, I'm not a big fan of their products. They also make um, a program called MyDMX for ADJ as well as other ones. And I'm not a big fan of their products simply because they've had a history of having some bugginess and some issues. And all their products are basically kind of the same thing, just with different looks to them. Um, and, you know, it's not my favorite. But if it works for you and you're happy with it, then I would just go, you know, to my LearnStageLighting.com website and look at the technical and artistic articles. Look at articles and videos, like I've got one on YouTube, we'll put it here, called How to Run Lights Live to Music. Because in a lot of these articles, I talk about, you know, you've already learned how to use this console. It sounds like you know how to use it. Um, at the end of the day, using the console is one step of creating great lighting. And then the rest of it is going through resources like I have, both free ones and premium ones inside of Learn Stage Lighting Labs, such as uh, Puntastical or my action plans on church lighting or band lighting or DJ lighting or theater lighting that walk you through and show you how, with any console, you can create great lighting. You can. And how to do that and tricks you can use in any console to do things that you didn't know how to do before or you didn't find possible. And so I definitely recommend checking out the rest of the resources that I have and just look at the resources that I have on running lights to music or to theater or to band lighting or DJ. And all you've got to do is, is just watch those. And while I haven't made it with your console in particular, um, highlighted, that doesn't matter because you can apply it to your console if you know how to use your console already. You can go, okay, you know, David's saying do this, you know, this kind of thing, put it on a button. I know how to do that. And you can go ahead and, and do that, you know, and uh, it'll work. So that's that's my best um, my best recommendation on how to apply a lot of the things that I teach here to a console that I don't cover. Um, because at the end of the day, if you're happy with your console, then stick with it. Kathy wrote in and said um, she has a question that has been making her puzzled. Um, I think this person might be from um, overseas. <laughs> they might be an overseas manufacturer. But they said, what kind of XLR cable should we use for different lighting? Can we use microphone cable? Um, or, you know, how can we choose a cable for different uses? So at the end of the day, and I've covered this a lot, and I've got an article in Learn Stage Lighting called Can I Use Microphone Cables for DMX? Um, and we can link to that here in the show notes. But at the end of the day, um, you don't want to use microphone cable for DMX. It doesn't go well. It's a digital signal, DMX is, and you don't want to, um, to run that over a... Uh, over a cable that's not meant for, for data. It, it doesn't end well. You know, oftentimes it'll work fine, but as you get more fixtures and longer length cables, you're more likely to have problems. It's just the truth of the matter. It's how this stuff works, okay? So what cable can you use? Well, the cool thing about DMX cable is it's basically the same exact cable as um, digital audio cable or AES-EBU cable, um, an older type of digital audio. And so you can buy AES or DMX cable and use it for DMX. You can use it for audio. You can use it for analog audio. Um, at the end of the day, if you really want to buy one type of cable and use it for everything, 
and this might be what you're asking, it might not be, then go out there and go buy um, some DMX or AES cable and use it for your audio. It's going to be more expensive than your audio cable, but I get this question from time to time, and I think it's it's good to answer it because you totally can buy one type of cable and use it for everything. It's just got to be a cable, like an actual DMX cable or AES EBU cable that um, that you can use backwards for audio as well as lighting. But yeah, you could buy that and use it for everything and not have to worry about sorting stuff. That is totally doable. All right. Ollie, I believe it's Ollie, maybe it's Allie, asks, okay, I just want to ask about the cables and stuff to make my lights work. I've never done it before, so literally, I don't know what to do or how it's done, but I hope you email me back and let me know if I need a laptop or just cables and so on. Okay, so um, this person's basically kind of begging, um, but that's okay, um, and I want to answer your question here. So I don't know what lights you have, but let's just talk basics here because I can tell, you know, you've never done anything with lighting before and that's great. And so let's, let's talk about the basics and get you going here. So at the most basic level, you've got some lights that can take DMX and you need to control them. So to control them, you're going to need some kind of control console or software. Now, these can vary a lot, and we'll link to an article here below called How Do I Choose My First Lighting Console? But, um, and these consoles can vary a lot. So they can be very simple and able to do only simple things or very complex, but there's a larger learning curve to them. And there's all kinds of things in the middle. So we need something to control our lights. It could be on a computer. It could be a standalone console. It just depends on exactly what you need the outcome to be like. Then, from the console, we're going to use DMX cables, like I just talked about with the last person's question. Fast forward or rewind back if you didn't hear that. And we're going to go out of the console into the first light, into the DMX input. Then we're going to go to the DMX output and plug in a cable there, take it to the next light, the next light, the next light. You can technically do this up to about 32 times, and it sounds like this being your first show, you're, you're going to be under that. Then, what we're going to do is set the DMX address on each light. Now, this is in coordination with your console, check your console's manual, where you set the address so that you can bring it up somewhere specific on your console. Then, once you do that, you're able to follow your console's manuals or follow tutorials that I've done or other people have done online, and you're able to get control of these lights. Now you're able to turn them up and down to change colors and do all kinds of stuff like that. And so that's really the basics. That's what you need. And uh, that's how to get started. Awesome. So uh, Cody writes in. And Cody says, hey, just uh, watched your video or been watching your videos for some time. I have a small rig like the one I mentioned in my uh, lighting rig, lighting challenge under $1,000. We'll link to that in the show notes. It's on YouTube. And um, I use DMXs and control everything via an Akai APC MIDI, sending MIDI to Ableton and DMXs. No one I've asked this question to seems to have an answer that works for me, so I was wondering if you could have some insight. My problem is I can't figure out how to make bumps, i.e. a preset that is running and I need it to black out when I press a button, but only momentarily and not affect the rest of the preset that is currently running. Also, not have to press my bump and then subsequently have to press whatever preset was playing beforehand to return to a normal state. 
I've been using DMXs in standalone mode, and the learn feature was working for this. Let's say learning all intensity faders to the same MIDI note, presets running, press and hold said note, and then it would just uh, turn the fader on and then immediately off once the note's released. Yeah, that's how it works, right? I can't figure out for the life of me how to make this concept work while running DMXs as a VST. Am I missing something? Is there a workaround? Uh, channel masking doesn't seem to be providing the desired results because it requires me to repress the note of my original preset to unbump, um, for lack of a better term. Yeah, so Cody, um, channel masking might be part of the solution, but it's not what you're looking for. What channel masking does is it basically says, hey, I want to make a preset that only affects these couple channels, these given channels, whatever they are. If it's one or a hundred, doesn't matter. And it doesn't affect the rest of the output. And so that's something that you could use in combination with figuring this out, but it's not the answer. And, and you figure that out. So I guess I'm a little bit um, confused. And honestly, this is making my brain turn a little bit because it seems like it's within reach to almost be possible to do, but I'm not sure how to do it. So when it comes down to it, um, DMXs is either to be run live and designed to be run live and on the fly, as you've noted, the standalone program, or to be fully sequenced in something like Ableton. So to be pre-set up, ready to go. And so what I'm trying to figure out is basically you're using Ableton, but you want to press something on a MIDI controller and only fire some lights and not really fire any music. Okay. Now I'm not an Ableton whiz. Okay. I know enough to get by. And I'm not afraid to admit that. But basically, what you've run into is how most professional lighting consoles work and something that we're just going to have to overcome. You've run into the fact that you want to turn this preset on to flash some lights, but then you want to be able to turn it off right away. And so a lot of times, if we're automating something or programming a stack of cues in a professional-grade console, we're just going to have to make one cue that bumps it on and then have another cue follow automatically that bumps it off. And so in Ableton, this could be as simple as, you know, assigning to that button or fader a clip that is activated and then deactivated a second later or, or deactivated when you unpress the button. Um, I'm not sure if that's something you can do in Ableton or not. But on the other hand, um, a lot of times, I guess what I'm trying to figure out is the why behind this. And maybe you'll write back and we'll, you know, converse in a future podcast or inside of Learn Stage Lighting Labs on this. But I'm just trying to figure out why you need to do this. Because usually, if you're running something in Ableton, you're going to use the MIDI controller to trigger a sound. And say that sound is something that's like on, off, on, off, on, off. And you want the lights to follow that. Then... It, along with that sound, you would have another track in Ableton that fired this preset on and then fired a preset that turned the light off. And then it would repeat, you know, on, off, on, off, on, off. And so the way to kind of think about this is that when you're using DMXs through Ableton, you don't really want to think about triggering lights just by themselves, but you want to do it in coordination you want to program the presets into your sounds, basically, of Ableton, so that the light show plays back automatically in accordance with what Ableton's doing. So I hope that helps. I hope that helps you kind of see the purpose behind the way that it's designed and the way that it works. 
Because with, with something like Ableton, you're right. You can run things live and on the fly, and you can go trigger a sound and then trigger another sound and do them all kinds of out of order. And that's what Ableton's built for. Um, but to give the lights independent control besides that, I'm not sure there's a way inside of Ableton to really um, get the exact same functionality you saw before. It's really designed more to be able to pre-program, hey, I've got this sound, it does this, I'm going to sync the lights to it. When I press this sound, it affects this lights and they do this. You know, so I hope that makes sense. Hopefully that wasn't too confusing, but I think those are kind of the solutions that you're going to find for this. And so I hope that really helps. Drew wrote in and said, oh, he watched it too. Hey man, loved your thousand dollar lighting challenge. Had a couple questions about the front par lights and the dimmer pack. Okay. I noticed there are eight plug inputs on the dimmer box. Does it mean you can have eight lights plugged into it? Yes and no. Also, the front par lights you had in the description on Amazon for $25, would they work for a stage setting? How bright are they? Also, if you had any recommendations for those kind of stage lights that are LED, that would be awesome. Look forward to hearing back, Drew Clark. Awesome. So, Drew, um, basically, let's let's start at the top because you asked a bunch of different questions here, okay? Um, the first thing is that can you plug eight lights into a dimmer pack? Yes. You can plug 100 lights into the, dim, the type of dimmer packs that I mentioned. But, and there's a big but here. It's all about the electricity, man. All right. So basically, um, when it comes down to it, there's a maximum amount of wattage that these dimmer packs are going to be rated for. Okay. In general, the whole dimmer pack is rated for 15 to 20 amps. So that's 800 watts or 2,400. And each channel, each individual controllable channel is rated for up to 600 watts. So into a given channel, into one channel, you can plug in as many lights as you want. You can use tri-taps, you know, plug them all in as long as it doesn't exceed that 600 watts, okay? Or if you look at the Leviton dimmer pack that I mentioned, as long as it doesn't exceed 1,200 per channel and that all your channels don't exceed 2,400 watts when you add all the lights together, okay? Now, if multiple lights are plugged into one channel, they're going to come on and off together. You don't have individual control of separate lights within the same channel. One channel, that's all. It's one channel of control. You know, you can't separate out individual lights plugged into that channel. So the ones that I mentioned were a simple PAR38 because they're inexpensive. And you ask about the brightness, you know, it's basically an 120-watt incandescent light bulb like you can get at a hardware store. You know, go grab one of those if they still, oh, if you can still get them. You probably can, like a PAR30, basically, or something like that. You know, a bright landscape light bulb at a hardware store. You can buy those, you know, you can just screw one of those into a regular, like, lamp that you have and see how bright it is. There, if you're pretty close to it, it's enough light to, you know, light something in a dark room, especially if you have a number of them. Um, I remember one time early in my career, we lit a bunch of fashion shows for this company I worked with using pretty much exclusively those lights at a close range, pretty close to the the runway. And we used, you know, like a hundred of them um, for a pretty big runway. So, you know, to answer the brightness question, it really depends on how bright your room is. But if you pop those guys up at full on a, on a small stage, they may be enough light. Now, the reason why I, uh, you know, didn't mention any, LED type units is because you're not going to get a quality, nice looking white light out of an LED 
for anywhere near that cost, okay? There are some PAR38 LEDs, and they look okay. And, like, like I think Chauvet makes one, ADJ makes one. If I just look up PAR38 LED RGB, I'm just going to type that into Google, okay? And there's various brands that make them, and they don't, they're going to be, they're going to have a really narrow beam to them, okay? And they're not going to look anywhere near as good in white, okay? So that's why I tend to not recommend them. But if you're looking for something, actually check out on YouTube my um, my Eliminator Mini PAR reviews. These guys are about the same cost, and they're a little mini LED PAR. Again, doesn't look great on front light, but they have the color mixing and all that jazz that you can use to be able to get kind of the same deal. Um, and so, yeah, that's it, Drew. Um, those are basically the answers to your questions. I hope that helps, man. And uh, like Drew or anybody else, if you're enjoying this podcast, enjoying the stuff I'm putting out on YouTube, I've been making some videos lately that are taking more time and resources to to create, um, then check out my Patreon at patreon.com. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash learn stage lighting. You can join us and you can get some perks and help support Learn Stage Lighting so we can grow. So I can continue to make awesome free resources for you as well as the paid stuff. Okay, but the the Patreon really the the proceeds from that though I know it's not going to be massive are going to help me close the gap to be able to do this full time, and they're also going to help me put more focus on creating the very best free stuff that's available out there, you know this podcast, YouTube, and whatever other platforms there are in the future. So I want to create this great stuff, and I want to have you involved. I know if you're a podcast listener, that means you're one of my core audience. You're somebody who who wants to learn and cares about this stuff. And on Patreon, the cool thing about it is you can support Learn Stage Lighting for just three bucks a month. That's where it starts, okay? Um, at 10 bucks a month, I'll send you a free sticker. I actually send you more than one sticker. Um, and, you know, there's other perks as well. So be sure to check all that stuff out because I'd really love to have your cooperation in this as I launch this. I would love to help make the best stuff out there and continue to make it over the long haul. So show weeks, show weeks, show notes for this week's episode, guys, are at learnstagelighting.com slash 071. This is episode 71. Can you believe that? And I will look forward to seeing you guys here next week on the show where uh, we'll be talking about something. I'll probably talk about trade shows again, talk a little bit about some new products I've seen, and just share with you ways that you can make your lighting better. I will see you guys next week. Have a great week.